0: What's going on everyone for forward progress. I'm producer Jason here filling in for the pizza man, Rob Pozzola to bring you guys the definitive 2023 NFL team tier list. Now, before we get started here, don't worry, I'm not doing this alone today. We are going to be joined by the man himself all the way from Dusseldorf, Germany. Hopefully I said that, said that right. Fabian Sommer. Fabian. <laughs> How's it going, my man?
1: <laughs> Uh, Jason, so first of all you pronounce Dusseldorf uh, much better than Rob after probably like 30 tries, so curious Perfect. to you. Yeah, uh, great to be back after the draft, uh, ready to talk some football, we will bang out some team tiers, some initial team tiers I mean, it's early May and they are still subject to change, a lot, a lot of stuff can happen until September but I think um, these early team tiers uh, look uh, pretty good and we might have a few controversial ones that might lead to some interesting discussions.
0: I mean, that's why we do these tier lists here. I'm sure someone out there is going to disagree with any tier list that's put together ever. And and now if you're new here and you're not really familiar with how a tier list works, I just want to keep you guys informed on how, how we're kind of going to be doing things here. We're going to be ranking all 32 NFL teams. We're going to separate them into tiers. We're going to be looking at the teams that are playoff contenders. We're gonna be looking at the teams that are just out in a completely different ballpark, some teams that are just completely down bad. And the teams that are in contention for the number one overall pick, regardless of whether they have a draft pick or not, a little bit of a foreshadowing there. Um, But without further ado, let's bring this thing up. Uh, Let's bring the tier list maker up here and uh, let's start off with the top tier uh, because I think I think everyone can kind of guess what's going on with the top tier. So Fabian, who do you got in the top tier here?
1: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are still a different ballpark, different animal for me. Uh, we saw it again last season. Um, I think it's pretty justifiable to put them in their own tier um, until like anyone can, can, can come close to the elite level and, and the consistency level of Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, for sure. When you have the best quarterback in the NFL, it kind of separates you from... Everyone else. Um, but I think some might be surprised that that's actually it for this tier list. I think some might argue other teams might be close to being in this tier list. But, and hey, that's why we have the next tier, which is they're close. So we have four teams here in this tier list of they're close. I'm going to start off with one that you put down before. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. So tell me why the Eagles aren't yet in that different ballpark tier, but they're, I guess, I'd argue the best of the bunch here that they are close.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are very, very close to the Chiefs for me. Um, what I like about the Eagles is that they are basically returning their full offense. They still have the best offensive line in the league. They have Jalen Hurts, who can go another year, of Brown, Demonte Smith, Dallas Godard, a great offensive scheme. Um, and what drives success in the NFL, especially long term, is offense. Offense is very stable and predictive once you have a good quarterback and a good scheme and some playmakers, it's very hard to get off of the, let's say, um, but, um, upper third in terms of um, NFL offenses and the Eagles are, are returning. All their offense, um, their defense might take a step back just in terms of variance, um, fewer turnovers. They lost some guys. They still have a very dominating defense. Some playmakers in their secondary. I think overall, they will be fine. And they should once again be competing for the um, um, first spot in the NFC, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and I love what they did at the draft, too, addressing a big need on the defensive line there. And uh, who knows? Maybe those guys can step up and fill in those holes that you mentioned. Um, But... We got three more teams in this tier list, and I'm going to kind of bucket these two teams together. It's going to be the Bengals and the Bills. Just, again, got perennial contenders the last couple of years. They've always been able to make it pretty far. They just play, again, in the toughest division with the Chiefs, so they haven't really been able to make it all the way to the Super Bowl other than the one year that the Bengals did. But, uh, yeah, I guess – what do you think about these teams? I guess they're kind of in a bucket together. What what are your thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, I don't think that a lot of people will disagree with that. Um, Two great quarterbacks – very stable, uh, two good offenses, as long as Josh Allen and Joe Burrow keep playing at, at those levels uh, with their playmakers like uh, Joma Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Stefan Dix. Um, I also like that the Bills uh, went after a playmaker in uh, Dalton Tight ends in their rookie season, always tough to project, might have a slow start, but um, I think the Bills and Bengals, for as long as they stay healthy, which applies to all teams, they um, should be good to go. Their offense should dictate, and they should be near the top of the AFC. Yeah,
0: and uh, it's a great pickup for the Bills. There, Dalton K- Kincaid. As a USC fan, I unfortunately had to watch uh, Utah beat the beat the crap out of USC with Dalton Kincaid. That man, that guy's a stud, and they've been able. Dal, uh, Dawson Knox has been able to produce for the Bills, so I'm sure Dalton Kincaid will be able to do so as well. And now the final team in this tier list. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked, but. I think if you take the contract negotiations out of it, if this player was already signed with the team, I don't think it would be that shocking. And the team you have here is the Baltimore Ravens. So tell us a little bit more about the Baltimore Ravens and why you have them in the they are close tier. Yes,
1: I think that I am probably a little bit off market or off consensus Um, with that. um, I think one of the biggest caveats to the Ravens offense in past years has been that they really lacked explosiveness and Um, uh, they lacked explosiveness and a really creative passing game. They basically had Mark Andrews, um, and there was almost no one else. Rashad Bateman could have a breakout year, but he has been injured in in the past couple of years. Um, Now they got Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, uh, who a, a lot of scouts like coming into the draft, and Ola Beckham. I mean, Beckham is 31 years old. I don't think we should expect, like, an um, old day or Beckham, but he was pretty good for the Rams during their uh, Super Bowl run. And in my opinion, what's the most fascinating combination for, for the Ravens is Lamar Jackson as a passer and Todd Morgan with the OC. Uh, that's why I'm probably higher on on Ravens um, than the market right now or than the um, consensus NFL media. I think we are going to see a different Ravens offense uh, in the sense that there will be more pass-heavy. And Todd Monken, wherever he has been, um, he really was able to orchestrate great passing offenses. He got the most out of James Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Buccaneers. He was the architect of the Georgia offense the past uh, two seasons who did not have a quarterback who went high in the draft. So um, really expecting a completely different offense. I think Lamar Jackson as a passer is very underrated and uh, having that supporting cast with like three or four several uh three or four guys who can run routes, well catch the ball i think it will help uh it will waste the flow of the offense and um yeah overall i'm pretty high on on, on that uh top mom for nama jackson combo
0: yeah very fair and, and the, the common theme here from all the teams we just put up is these are arguably the five best quarterbacks in the nfl right now so obviously quarterbacks make the biggest deal here and uh was massive for the ravens that they were able to get lamar back now that that does it for the they are close tier. moving on to the playoff contender tier i think the first team we're going to go with is a team i think a lot of people think could be in the they are close tier, but I, I think a big thing why you didn't put them in there is the quarterback their quarterback situation it's kind of not really up in the air but i think we, we know who's going to start for them but they're just not as elite right now as the other guys above them so that team is the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so Fabian, tell us a little bit more about the Niners and why you put them in the playoff contender tier instead of the they are close tier.
1: Yes, uh, it's because of their quarterback situation in combination with their um, offensive line. I mean, when you look at that offensive line, outside of Trent Williams, um, There are. Um, I'm just reading it now from, from ourlads.com, left guard Aaron Banks, who was terrible last year, center Jake Randall, right guard Spencer Burford, maybe John Feliciano who was um, on the Giants last year, and right tackle called Mick Maybe it's Jalen Moore, I think he was a rookie last year. So this is arguably one of the worst offensive lines outside of left, outside of left tackle. And if you pair that with either uh, Brock Purdy or Sam Donald, um, that's probably a, a downward in general. However, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, Guilherme Samuel, George Kittle, Brett Ayuk, Christian McGaffrey. I think it won't matter who's going to play quarterback. He will probably look good. And if I had to bet money on who's going to be the week one starter, I would probably put my money on Sam Donald. Because I think Donald, for as much criticism as he has gotten over the past couple of years, I still think that Kyle Shannon will be in love with his arm t- talent and athleticism. He will throw the occasional interception for sure. But I think when you think about all the all the bootleg action that Kyle Shanahan wants to play, that's basically the um, game that Sam Darnold will be able to execute. And for Kyle Shanahan, you just gotta hit the open um, receiver sometimes. So I would not be surprised if Sam Darnold is uh, like a top seven, top eight quarterback in EPA per play next season, which should easily be enough to be a playoff contender in the um, NFC, and they still have a very solid defense.
0: Yeah. And fair enough. Sam Darnold never really got a fair shake in the NFL. Kind of always bounced around between poorer teams with not great offensive coordinators, not great offensive schemes. So, I mean, Hey, as I said before, I'm a big USC fan. I'd love to see the former USC kid get a, like a big bounce back season with the Niners here. Uh, the next couple teams are going to kind of put them in, in their own little bucket. And I think they're teams that we expect to be here. And I've been here before for previous years. And those three teams are the dolphins, uh, the chargers, and the Cowboys. So why don't you just touch quickly on these three teams?
1: Yes, um, all three might have decent offenses, um, but all, all those offenses, I have a few question marks about the ceiling. We saw the ceiling with two attack by Loa and the Dolphins last year when, when they played like better defenses, smarter defense coordinators, then at some point they have reached a ceiling. I'm not entirely sold on the Chargers. Um, I love Justin Herbert, uh, but I, I'm still not that high on their offensive line. Keenan Allen is um, getting older. Um, it's hard to project their uh, rookie wide receiver. Um, so, I like that they um, got rid of Joel Obadi and Kelly Moore is probably going to be an upgrade, but I really wonder what the ceiling what the of the Chargers can be. I'm also not high on their defense. They... they Use uh, some more secondary help, um, and the car and the Cowboys. I mean, they will always go uh, as far as Mike McCarthy goes. I would say I like <laughs> that they got, got rid of uh, Zeke Elliott. Um, I like they press Prescott, but um, yeah, just a playoff contender for me. Nothing, nothing more.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I don't think that's controversial for either three of those teams at all. Um, but I'm sure they'll be looking to break through and kind of prove us wrong and put themselves in that higher up tier. Now, the next team I want to touch on it's uh. Team, you know very well. It's your favorite team. The New York Jets, they just acquired Aaron Rodgers after it felt like they were kind of supposed to get him throughout the offseason. And as it kind of went on, there were some questions whether they would be able to do it. And they finally did it, uh, bringing along Randall Cobb and some other buddies from uh, Green Bay. So uh, tell us why you have the Jets uh, in the playoff contender tier.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you think about the Jets last year, great defense, a few playmakers on offense. Injuries along the offensive line, and overall, they did I would say pretty well for what they um, had to had to deal with. Like Zach Wilson was terrible. Um, they they lost their starting left tackle before the season. They had a few wide receiver injuries. Um, they had the Elijah Moore drama, and now. Getting Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's 39 years old. I, I do not expect him to play on the 2020-2021 um, MVP level, but Aaron Rodgers with guys like Garrett Wilson, Nicole Hartman for some um, gimmicky stuff, um, his buddies, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, for as much for as, much as um, I find those moves hilarious, um, I still think there will be a few good connections um yeah between those guys and their defense. Um again defense is very hard to predict, it's very unstable. Um the defense needs to be uh, needs to stay healthy to get close to the level that they were last year. But overall I think um it's very hard to not call the Jets a playoff contender in the AFC.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's completely fair that you've uh Done so there, and then moving on from there, we got two more teams, we got four more teams surrounded this tier. But I'm going to separate these two teams, um I guess, in separate buckets. So uh the first two I'm going to put together is the Jaguars and the Lions, two teams that I think a lot of people didn't expect to be like at the beginning of last year would not have expected in 2023 to see these guys kind of move up. But hey, they proved a lot of people wrong. They looked really good. Trevor Lawrence looks like a stud for them, and I think hey Dan Campbell might actually be a good coach. So. Just quickly touch on these teams before we get into the uh, next two teams in this tier list.
1: Yeah, third third year for Trevor Lawrence. Basically his second year because I I do not count the first year (laughs) under Urban Meyer. Um, Second year um, um, with Doug Peterson. They got Calvin Whitley, alleged number one wide receiver. Um, I just think that their offense will be good. Um, I like Doug Peterson. Um, I, I like Joe Lawrence a lot. I think they will take the next step. Their defense, um, I'm not very high on, but uh, I think their offense uh, might just be enough. And the same goes for the Lions, they, they will be without Jameson Williams uh, for six weeks. Um, I could understand the argument uh, if someone says they could also drop one tier below to, to mediocre at best, but. We also have to somehow consider the, the the weak NFC. I think in a weak NFC, with their offense, um, they should be able to be a playoff contender.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And before people yell at us in the comments, no, these tiers are not ranked by by within their own tier. So they're kind of just the play, the teams that are in a tier list. They're in a tier list. We're not like the furthest left isn't the best team. The furthest right isn't the worst team in the tier. So just forgot to preface that. Want to preface that. Uh, now. But uh, another team that's kind of similar to the Jaguars and the Lions where they kind of were expected to do poorly last year and just didn't do as poorly and did pretty well. And on top of that, had a really good draft, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, if you look at their draft and you see the guys that they got at, at the picks that they got, you'd be completely shocked. They got um, two guys who were projected to go in the top 10. They were able to get them at rather low ADP. I forget when exactly they picked them, but I mean, great draft for the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, just completely turned this franchise around with the Russell Wilson trade. A lot of people thought they'd be in uh, the number one pick contention, but no, they're they're playoff contenders now. So tell us a little bit more about the Seahawks.
1: Yes, again, um, we have to consider the conference they are playing in, um, yeah. but the Seahawks are returning their um, basically their their starting offensive line uh, outside of center, both um, left tackle and right tackle, where rookies last year they played very solid. Um, second year i would expect some second year bump for both of, both of both of those guys the the oc stays the same the scheme stays stays the same dk Metcalf, Tyler lockett and then now added like J- jackson smith and Jigba, who is supposed to be the premier plug and play slot receiver and who should fit really well within that offense um geno smith um it, is pretty decent for what the CFs are doing. And I just think that the Seahawks in the NFC are going to have a good offense. And on the defensive side, I expect them to be just from a talent level, slightly better than last year, adding Devin Witherspoon, getting Jamal Adams back in that, um, um, in that inside the box role where he is best, blitzing the passer, stopping the run and stuff like that. So yeah, in a weak NFC, uh, I fully expect the, um, CEO's to be in the in, in playoff contention.
0: Yeah, and that makes complete sense. And finally, to close out this uh, this tier here, the playoff contenders, we got a team that kind of struggled halfway through last year in the in the Cleveland Browns. But mind you, they didn't have Deshaun Watson for over half of the year, and it was crazy. Some fans wanted to keep Brissett in when uh, Watson came back, but uh, you have them back in the playoff contender tier. So a full year with Watson, full training camp with Watson. Uh, do you think the offense is just going to click better, or what? What do you see here?
1: Yes, exactly. Um, this is completely subjective analysis now, but when you read some of their comments, coaching comments, pressers from last year, they had a very specific offense for um, Jacoby Brissett over the first like twelve weeks, which they also had to install during training camp, and it was very hard for them to transition to a to an offense that Deshaun Watson likes best. Sean Watson had his best season in 2020 in Houston when they had a very high pass rate where he was able to operate um, from the shotgun, had the field in front of him and was just able to distribute the ball. And that was not the Browns offense in 2022. So this year, and you can see it within all their offseason moves, they're adding the wide receivers. This is going to be a different offense from what we saw last year. Not as much heavy personnel, uh, I'm expecting more of a pass-first approach, a uh, lot more wide receivers on, on the field. Uh, added Elijah Moore, uh, Cedric Tillman, um, Emeril Cooper. I really like how David Njoku has transitioned. So it's just that I, I'm i expecting a different offense for the Browns, which uh, should fit the skill set of Deshaun Watson much better. And also, like you said, Joshorn Watson has not played any meaningful... NFL action for one, one and a half years will have a full training camp uh, in in an offense that suits them better. And I think that will be a stable part that should carry the bronze to a much better record this year.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And that completely closes out the playoff contenders tier list. And uh, moving on from there, we got the mediocre at best tier list. This tier list is kind of filled with teams that don't have the best talent and uh, that have... And if they don't, they have some pretty good coaches. And on the other 10 teams that have like really good talent, but just don't have the best coaching. And and one of those teams that has, or a couple of those teams that have not the best talent, but some amazing coaching, I'm going to put these all in a bucket. It's the Patriots, it's the Steelers, and it's the Broncos, right? Uh, I think those are three teams. I think you can combine and kind of put them in the bucket where they don't have maybe the best skill position players, but they have some great coaches. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about those three? Uh, maybe if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong for putting them in a bucket together.
1: I mean, uh, when we talk about coaching, we might also add the, the add the Giants to it, who did a masterful um, job last year. Um, yeah, with the Patriots, um, it's it's very tough to get a good read on them. I think going from Matt Patricia as the OC to Bill O'Brien, uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bill O'Brien fan, but that still has to be like a monumental um, upgrade mm-hmm. in terms of um, offense. Um, Nick Jones has to make a another um, um, step forward i don't well, i'm not in love with their skill position players um so it might just be a another year of the of the patriots not being great on offense needing their defense to create turnovers and then they play in a super tough conference and a super tough um afc east which will make things a lot harder um steelers um i can argue that i could also put them into the bucket of playoff contenders but we are having a very strong AFC and some team has to fall back to the mediocre part. So Silas, I can see the upside with Kelly Pickett in the second year. They got a decent skill position group, added Donald Washington in the draft, added some uh, beef to the offensive line. And like I said, it's a very well-coached team and uh, McTominay seems to get the best out of them. That's like a, I would say, hidden, hidden advantage that – that's not always perfectly captured um, in betting lines, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Broncos, to be honest, I don't have a great read of um, on them as of now. I just put them in, in the bucket. Russell Wilson did a step back. I think Sean Payton will be a major upgrade in terms of coaching, in-game decision-making. But um, when it comes to the talent level of the offense and the defense, I'm, I'm really struggling to get anywhere close to, close to them being playoff contenders. Yeah, and, and, and Giants. It... Yeah, go ahead. Go sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, and, and Giants. Um, they got very fortunate last year. I think they will, will take a step back when it comes to variants, especially like end of game variants. Still think they are a very well coached team. Um, they upgraded their offensive line. They upgraded their skill position group. Daniel Jones got the monumental. Um, um, contract uh, extension don't know whether um, Saquon Barkley is going to play in week one uh, overall like a perfectly mediocre uh, team to me
0: yeah yeah and uh yeah like the I was just gonna say about the Broncos literally punting away terrible terrible decision making punting away field position all that stuff so gotta imagine yeah. that that combined with I'm sure this is the I, I hope this is the absolute floor Russell Wilson will play they have to bounce back a little bit from last year now uh, moving on, you you selected you highlighted this one team in particular, and I, I think they're slightly different in this group in that they just unfortunately lack a good quarterback but are, have a pretty good all-around team and maybe not the best coaching, but I think above average or NFL average coaching, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they lost Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's not like this is like the 2011, the, the early 2010s Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. Aaron Rodgers has kind of fallen off a little bit in, in recent years. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yes, uh, decent overall team, and um, John Love is, is the deciding factor. If you like, mm-hmm. like any um, career quarterback projection, like a Bayesian quarterback projection, uh, you will see that the experience of, of John Love will bump him a little bit more towards what the general consensus might be. I think I'm probably higher on green-based coaching than some other people, I think as soon as Aaron was really fully committed to that offense of um, um, Matt LaFleur, it was a completely different offense. And I think there's a, a upside scenario in which John Love will be able to execute LaFleur's offense. He might not have a high ceiling, but I, I can see that offense working. And then as, a, as an overall decent team, winning like uh, seven, eight uh, games or something, but there's also the scenario in which John laugh is just not good. He's going to suck. Playmakers still too young, and um, they uh, might not win more than six games. So, yeah, um, tough to get a good read on them uh, due to the John Laugh uncertainty. I think Mediocre best is probably a good, good tier for them.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, moving on to the next three teams, and another bucket that I've created here of teams that I think were... Uh, would probably expected to do a lot better last year, but uh, either didn't do a lot better or got incredibly lucky with uh, their results in the end. And those three teams are the Minnesota Vikings, where they fall in the latter half of that. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, who are ra- rather disappointing for a lot of people, and and the, and the Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this bucket.
1: Yeah, Vikings got extremely lucky um, in terms of all the advanced efficiency metrics. Um, the Vikings were just an average team, and um, going to the playoffs, they were not even a field goal favorite against the Giants at home, which probably um, um, told you everything you need to know. Yeah. There, John Edison, but ugh, I'm not. I'm still extremely let's quote, quote unquote low. On Kirk Cousins, um, it, it's mm-hmm. tough to project a good rookie season for John Edison. We just don't know about these rookies. Um, might help, um, might not be the the biggest addition outside of um, um, Jefferson. There might not, might just not be a, enough receiving talent, and their defense on paper really stinks. Um, if you if you look at um, all the cornerback visits they had pre-draft, I think they they took like two cornerbacks during the draft. It will be a super young um, secondary that is going to play a very uh, aggressive Brian Flores defense. And that might turn into a few turnovers, but it might also turn into getting like, uh, or um, conceding like 35 points uh, here and there. Um, Vikings just a major team for me. Um, I, I'm really struggling to put them in the um, contenders bucket. And Saints and Raiders, probably like the same team for me. Um, like above average quarterback, um, not, not not the greatest supporting cast and a very questionable defense, I, I think sums it up very well.
0: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, two more teams to close out this tier. Um, uh, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. Let's start with the Falcons though, because they have a really good skill position, guys. I mean, their offense is absolutely loaded, but the biggest question mark, again, as you see, is the theme of this uh, this tier right here is the. The quarterback in question, do we believe in Desmond Ritter? So, uh, Suma, just tell us a little bit more about the Falcons and why you put them in the mediocre tier.
1: Yeah, for the last two teams, um, I can make a case for a different tier. Uh, for the Falcons, I can make the case for, for the playoff contenders tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just depends on how high you are on Desmond Ritter. Uh, you yeah. mentioned it already. I think there's a wide range of outcomes. I like what I saw from Desmond Widder last year. <laughs> I think the the um crazy confidence that the Falcons have in him by not taking um like a quarterback in the draft or um, trying or even trying to get Lamar Jackson tells us that they are very high on Widder. On and I think if you think about them having a very good offensive line, be John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. There's a scenario in which Desmond Widder, against an easy schedule, just needs to be like a solid average quarterback, which can get the most out of the that offense, basically not um, not um, fucking around and just trying to be that Ryan Tannehill-esque um, level quarterback. You will have his um, games with a few interceptions, you will, will make his mistakes, but I think especially against bad defense, the Falcons will have a big advantage where it just has to execute the offense and they can pound pound away with the ball in the uh, second half. And I would not be surprised if if, if the Falcons um, made the playoffs next year just because they have a very solid foundation on offense and they are playing against a very, very laughable schedule. And I think that their defense would also be slightly better.
0: Yeah, and like you said, uh, doesn't matter, he doesn't have to be good, he just has to not be bad, right? There's a big yep. difference. So, uh, just playing to that floor is all they really need, and let the skill positions do the work. They have absolute studs out there. So, uh, final, final team in this tier list, and I think you'd argue that they probably could be lower when you mentioned yep. that, uh, point on them earlier is the, the Panthers. So, why don't you just give, give a quick, uh, t- 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 touch on the Panthers quickly?
1: Yeah, that was basically a toss up between mediocre, best, mm-hmm. and bad. What Gave the edge to what mediocre at best is that I think the prior on Bryce Young is the highest among all quarterbacks. And he gets put in a situation with Frank Reich, who I am extremely, extremely high on, behind a decent offensive line. And I think that the skill position group is, they could use a few upgrades, but I think they could be fine enough to, um, to the point where just... Frank Reich and Bryce Young and that combination and scheming so many good throws open for him might be enough to make the Panthers like a little bit relevant next year. I also think that they have a few playmakers on defense and yeah, it's basically the, the combination of Frank Reich and Bryce Young um, that makes me believe they might win like one or two games more than we believe right now.
0: Yeah. I think Frank Reich is also uh think he's a pretty good coach i think he got dealt a bad hand with uh, indianapolis just didn't have the best quarterbacks that just about wraps up the mediocre at best tier moving on to the yuck the bad the ugly uh and i think this is a surprise to some people that that this team is still on the board here and you have you have been slotted in this tier and that's that's the chicago bears i mean justin fields is an amazing talent right he's a a bit it was a fantastic quarterback last year Uh, not not fantastic i guess uh But just a lot better than people were As a runner. As a runner, yes, yes. As a runner. He's a big playmaking quarterback, but uh, on the ground, but not in the air. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, tell me why I shouldn't be as shocked with uh, why the Bears are in this bad tier.
1: They can prove me wrong. And once Justin Fields improves as a passer through like the first five weeks, I'm happily upgrading them. Mm -hmm. Um, No issue there, but Justin Fields, for as great as he was as a runner, he has shown nothing as a passer in his second year in the NFL. And that was a major red flag to me. I'm willing to completely adjust from the prior and moving um, the Bears up in my ratings uh, when the season kicks off. But right now, it, it, it's very hard for me to put a team with still a very bad defense on paper and a very, let's call it, uh, inexperienced um group of offense mm-hmm. with a pass with a quarterback who has not shown anything as a passer into that mediocre at best tier so yes justin fields show me you can improve as a passer but last year i mean we we were talking about all those highlight runs like every week and they still had the uh, number one overall pick like there was just nothing in the passing game and, and, and until that changes it's it's very hard for me to upgrade them
0: and also at the same time, when you have teams blowing you out by almost double digits, it definitely opens up the field a lot more and it's easier to run the ball as a yes. quarterback because they're not really trying. They don't really care if you run the ball. They're, they're worried about you throwing that uh, deep ball, but um, yeah, definitely the the team of this tier list, I think of this tier that you, that could move up is the bears, but uh, three more teams that we, you have in this tier. I think two of them are kind of stuck in limbo now. And that's in with the, the, the Washington commanders. I almost said their other name and the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two teams that are kind of in limbo. And then the other team that you have in this tier is the uh, Colts who just picked up Anthony Richardson, but he's a couple years away. So why don't you tell us about uh, these three teams here?
1: Yes. Um, commanders um, very tough for me to be high on, on Sam Howell. Um, I mean, all of a sudden the commanders are saying that Sam Howell is their guy and he wasn't even on the active roster until like week 15 or something last year. When they had bad quarterback play, mm-hmm. so if you are high on your rookie quarterback and you want him to be your week one starter next year, like why is he uh, inactive uh, on game days when you when you have bad quarterback play? So that doesn't make a doesn't did make a lot of sense to me. Um, I think the Commanders have a decent set of playmakers like Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson had a very impressive rookie season. Um, the offensive line is doing some 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 shakeup. Right now, don't think we can be pretty high on that, and their defense is like a mediocre best unit. Uh, so, uh, Alex got turned out there. I'll see. I think he, he was doing some creative stuff last year w- with Tyler Heineke. but overall, it's it's just not enough for me to take them out of the bad uh, tier. Bucks. <laughs> I'm super low on the coaching stuff. like super super low. Um, Baker Mayfield. Um, I just don't see it happening, to be honest. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, uh, the Bucks were basically a mediocre team last year with Tom Brady, who was playing phenomenal at times. But their coaching is bad. Their in-game decision-making by Todd Bowles is bad. Um, don't know how, how long you, you can carry that defense. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not super stoked about Baker Mayfield uh, leading Um, that offense Um, and the Colts yeah the Colts are wild cards uh, because we just don't know about Anthony Richardson Mm -hmm. super high upside like like really super high upside but also a very very low floor there's a scenario (coughs) so in which he's having a super bad rookie season basically like Justin Fields last year where he has a lot of highlight ones but he's flat out not good as a passer and the Colts might be competing for the the um, first overall pick and there's a scenario in which uh, Shane Steichen who has done a tremendous job with Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert and Jalen Hurts is also able to do a great job with Anthony Richardson and is able to improve his like um, passing efficiency in year year one already Uh, he might give them a a high floor with Anthony Richardson as that 11th guy um, in the run game uh, which might provide a, a high floor they already have a few established guys like uh, Michael Pittman, Pierce in, in his second year. Um, the rookie that they have drafted, jo- Josh Downs, um, I expect him to be their um, slot guy from day one. So there are a few intriguing uh, pieces in place, but it all goes with um, Anthony Richardson and too much uncertainty right now to put them in any any other tier
0: yeah and anthony richardson as a prospect i mean you mentioned it on on forward progress here before he's just could be so complete completely volatile right he could be really really good and potentially play his way into the elite tier at some point in his career or he could be incredibly bad and not get there and be like uh the next team's backup quarterback right now malik willis so um segueing into the tennessee titans it's like they they look pretty bleak man like Tannehill, I guess, can maybe string something together to make them, get them up into the mediocre at best year. but I mean, they're one injury away, I think, from being in the number one pick contention. So what do you think about the uh, Tennessee Titans here?
1: Yes, so a, a friend of mine today said when I sent him the, the uh, team tears, he said, I quote, I don't know how they're going to do it, but the Titans are somehow going to have a division lead in November. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, fair enough. I mean, that could absolutely happen, but Yes, there's also probably a hidden advantage in Mike Rabel's head coaching, mm-hmm. but other than that, um, their offense, like uh, outside of Trenberg's, there is nothing who who really gives gives me like a, a good feeling about their passing offense. Their offensive line is bad. Ryan Hill is on the decline. Uh, they still think that they can run a run-first offense. Uh, with a bad one game. So I just don't like anything about their offense. And while their defense has a few interesting pieces, and I think that their coaching on defense is probably one of the best uh, in the league, I still don't think, or I don't see how this can be enough to be anywhere uh, in the um, mediocre tier. I mean, they might probably win a few games because they play in a bad. Um, FC South against two rookie quarterbacks, four games against uh, rookie quarterbacks, but just from a talent perspective, I'm I'm just I'm just not seeing it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. For Vrabel is always to always able to work wonders with this Titans team. I don't know how he does. He doesn't always have the best decision making skills in game either. It's just I don't know if it's just motivation or what it really is. It's like really unquantifiable. But yeah, he's a good head yeah. coach for them. But I mean, we could realistically he they could be leading the division, but we could also realistically see seeing them in the next tier list uh tier we have here which is the number one pick contention and uh i mean the first team we're going to put in there i think it's the most obvious one um i mean it's the cardinals uh cliff kingsbury hated this team and just wanted to leave and go to thailand after having to deal with them for three years uh kyler murray's fresh off an acl tear i don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season but i mean it probably doesn't really matter because i think their goal all all three of these teams goal is going to try and get kayla williams and Uh, kind of look towards the future here so uh, yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about the Cardinals
1: yes um, I I don't think Calamari will play in week one he will probably not play before October and then it's also a question of how much he will be able to play like Mm -hmm. one of of his biggest assets are his legs and coming off an ACL in a season that doesn't matter I'm not sure how much they will really uh, be willing to let Calamari run and do some of his uh, funky stuff so I can also see a scenario in which he is not ready until like mid or late October and in a in a lost season they might say okay it doesn't matter he's not going to play at all this year Mm -hmm. I can definitely definitely see that but yeah terrible defense on paper um offense work in progress with with Colt McCoy yes they they should really be in, in contention for the number Tank for Caleb. Hashtag tank for Caleb. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Next thing we got is the L.A. Rams. And I'm just going to stick the Houston Texans in there because it's obviously the last team and that's uh, where they're going. But uh, yeah, just give us a little bit more about the Rams and the Houston Texans.
1: The Rams could have the worst defense in the league. And then on offense, they have Matthew Stafford coming off, uh, I think, elbow surgery. behind a bad offensive line with Cooper Cup being 31 years old and that's pretty much their offense and on defense they have aaron Donald, and that's it so um they have they've uh drafted like i don't know 12 or 13 players in the draft they have signed like 24 undrafted rookies it will be a very young team in transition and i'm not sure that the the trio of mcveigh stafford and cooper cup will be enough to carry them to like uh, seven wins or something i i just mm-hmm. think that the rams it will be a a bad season for them it's a rebuild um and yeah my expe- my expectations for them are pretty pretty low and yet yeah, Texans um I think that especially Texans fans will disagree with that but we just gotta remember that we are talking about a team that was a fourth and 16 away from getting the first overall pick that's playing with a rookie quarterback with a very underwhelming receiving group of Noah Brown, um, Robert Woods, maybe John Mackey, um Nico Collins, uh, with a first-year defensive-minded head coach, with a first-year play caller at OC. We don't know what to expect. Usually rookie quarterbacks have a very hard time. The combination of a defensive-minded head coach and a rookie quarterback is, is really toxic uh, for the first season, not, not for the uh, long-term outlook. And, yeah, I think Dimico Ryans needs a lot more talent on defense to get anywhere close to that 49ers level of um, um, defense um, of the past couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, the Texans, um, I didn't like what they did in the draft, trading up and giving up so many assets. Uh, I mean, just think about they could have C.J. Stroud and their um, great college wide receiver uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba right now basically – um, doing the same pairing that uh, the Bengals did with Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. I just don't really get this. Yeah, now we are looking at a rookie quarterback with an underwhelming skill position group um, with one or two question marks along the interior offensive line. And I just don't think the 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 floor for that offense and for that defense is very high.
0: Yeah, absolute head-scratcher for me as well with that Texans trade. I mean, you could just look at what the Bears did this year, right? Like, you you the, do what you say there and draft that uh, in Jake, but not move that pick. And then, hey, if things don't work out, you could just trade out of the, out of first. And if you like if you like your quarterback, that's fine. Trade out of the first, get a haul like the Bears did, uh, and then build from there instead of just trying to go all in uh, this year. Yeah, big big head scratcher for me. Just, but
1: yeah, just think about the possibility that the Texans might have the first or second overall pick um, next year, and it's it will belong to the Cardinals, who might take Caleb Williams. With one of their picks, and trade the other uh, pick for I think the guy's uh, Drake May, and get an insane haul. Like that would really like trade Kyler Murray for for a decent haul, take Caleb Williams and trade the second overall. I like that would be probably one of the biggest storylines in, in the NFL when it comes to rebuilding a team um, over the past decade.
0: I know, and and they'll they'll be able to do it overnight. That'd be absolutely insane, and I'm sure the Cardinals fans are. Loving it, but I mean, that just does that just about does it for us here on forward progress. We gave you what we think is the definitive 2023 NFL tier list. Uh, and listen, I know a lot of people are going to be disagreeing with this. And if you do, Hey, there's a comment section down below. Feel free to tell us your thoughts on it. And while you're there, smash that like button and hit that subscribe button because we are going to be bringing you a ton more NFL content over the coming weeks. And all throughout the offseason, including division previews, conference previews, and a lot more fun stuff like this tier list we did right here. Anyways, for Fabian Summer, I'm producer Jason signing off here on Forward Progress. Everyone, have a great day. Thank you.